everyone, welcome to the Filmstead podcast, episode 22. The date is the 31st of January, and my name is John. Hi, I'm Nick. And I'm James. And this week we're going to talk about the new Bill and Ted film, uh, Face the Music. But before that, we'll just have a catch up. Uh, how are you guys doing? Yeah, not bad. Not bad. How are you? Good, good. Yeah, good. Thanks. Jimbo, how are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Just a uh, lockdown life, eh? Not really much. Yeah, we're all still in lockdown. Yeah, it's getting uh, getting bad now. <laughs> getting a bit out of hand now, isn't it? <laughs> uh, on, on that topic, though, uh, we did a, po- a poker night last night. Ben uh, organised a poker night with like some of his mates, and uh, me and Joe joined in to uh, basically just to see some people. You know what I mean? Like when you're in lockdown, you just want to. Yeah. Need some like social interaction, don't you? Kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. It was a, it was a really good laugh. I had a really good night. It was a good game of poker. I came like I think eight out of twelve people, so I was happy with that. But yeah. uh, I think Joe came fifth. He, he was clinging on there for a while, but he did, he did really well. Got a few big hands in. Managed to keep uh, keep going, but eventually uh, he fell at fifth. But bloody Hoyles, uh, Ben, who's been on the podcast before, went and won it. Did he? Oh, yeah. Did he? Yeah, he won it, yeah. So uh, we've mentioned in the past that he had a habit of coming second quite a lot. So I'm happy for him. We finally got to get a managed to get a, l- a little win for him. That's quite good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fuming. But like you guys know that I hate conspiracy theories. I, I hate even really talking about them, mate. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I, I'm in a similar boat to you. I mean I, I can appreciate that like yeah, who knows whether nine eleven was real or whether aliens are real. <laughs> We're never gonna know, are we? So Exactly. So you don't, yeah. So you, you know how much I hate conspiracy theories, but yeah. I do think that Pokestars has like come up with some algorithm mm. just to stop me from winning. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds legitimate. Like, that sounds real. Yeah, like genuinely, every time I go out on Pokestars, it's always to a hand that I could do nothing about. I went out last night with a full house. I was absolutely fuming. Yeah. What? I had a full house, uh, Jackson Sevens. And uh, Seb beat me with a full house. He had pocket queens, so we had queens and sevens. Right. And I was just like, anyone in the world would have played that hand. At, like, I was, I was, I'm still fuming now, to be honest. But I, I genuinely <laughs> think, I genuinely think Pokestars has recognised how good I am at poker. And it's thought, how can we get this guy out of the game? The only way we can do it is put you on a par, a par system. Basically, just invent a hand that I would have to go all, all in with. So yeah, I've been, I've been set up big time by Pokestars. Uh, you should take on. it to the high, high, high court, shouldn't you? I might do. I might get uh, Donald Trump's lawyers on the case. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get, get Giuliani on the case. Yeah, definitely. So it's one of them where I, I probably would have won last night. If, I, if I'd have won that hand, as I should have done, I'd have won the whole thing probably, but I got mm. set up by Pokestars. Wow. Yeah, fuming. Mm. But yeah, it's good for Ben. Ben managed to get a, a win finally, so that, that was good. Good for him. It's not all bad, is it? Yeah, so hopefully Ben will be on again in the future at some point. We can get him back for another... Yeah. Maybe, not maybe if you listen to you slating him now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> maybe another uh, chicken wing night or something in the summer. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. When we're finally allowed out again. Yeah. Oh, but uh, just to mention as well, on, on the poker night, after the poker, we had a... A game of Pictionary mm-hmm. online. Have you guys played this? No. No. Drawosaurus. No. No. Uh, if you go to drawosaurus.com, 
you can play like online Pictionary, and it was such a laugh. Can't think it was so good. Yeah. So like after the poker, we all jumped on that, and it's just literally like you take it in terms to draw something, and the rest of it, guess what it is. And like just some of the some of the drawings. <laughs> <laughs> They were very good, very good. But yeah, we, should, imagine. we should give that a go sometime. It was a right laugh. 100% up for that, yeah. yeah. Drawosaurus. Yeah. Drawosaurus. Give it a look. You'll, you'll love it, Jimbo. It's definitely your kind of thing. Oh, like last night, everything that was getting drawn ended up with a knob on it. Like, it was, it was <laughs> as, as per usual, you know. Yeah. A, book, a bookcase with a knob on it. Like. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was a really good laugh. Just good to see people kind of thing. And, you know, just a... Uh, Definitely, yeah. You need to keep that social interaction, don't you, kind of thing? Definitely, yeah. 100%. Yeah. What, what have you guys been up to? It's working, working like a madman. Yeah. yeah. That's all I've got to say. <laughs> I've genuinely not done out <laughs> else. That's all I've been doing. Yeah, just doing nothing else. Mm. But Jimbo, you mentioned before, you're doing a bit of a, like, a couple of days work a week and stuff now. Yeah, yeah. Just doing a bit of handyman work, you know, like fixing up old furniture and things like that. So the old technically father-in-law who's uh, who's done that. So that's not bad. And other than that, just uh, not really been doing much photography lately because it's cold weather out there. The light's not been that nice. There's been some days where it's been beautiful and I'd be like, should I go out? It's just lockdown restrictions. I think you, you could go out and take a camera out and take pictures, surely, from you. You know what, though? I don't know, because I, I forgot to mention this. Did you see that video of a young guy in Birmingham recorded a policeman, basically, like, questioning him about how he wanted him to prove his identity? Have you not seen this at all? No. I've not. No, no. He was just out and about. He was going to work, actually, I think. And a, a policeman stopped him and said, like, you need to prove your ID. I need to know who you are and where you're going and stuff like that. You've got to prove it to me what you, why you're out and about. I don't think you need to carry an ID card, do you? Legally. No, I don't think so. I think the, the policeman was just like really heavy handed. But yeah. luckily, he recorded the whole thing and he ended up getting like taken to the station and stuff. Okay. Oh, he recorded it. it and the yeah. police officer has been sacked now, I presume. I actually don't know what the follow up to it was, but you can see the video online. Like, it's just a very creepy kind of like, you know, show me your papers kind of thing. It's like, Jesus. Like, <laughs> I mean, I hate to bring like 1939 and onwards in, into it, but it seems that way, doesn't it, sometimes? Yes, very stuff starts to creep in. And it's just a bit like, hmm, hmm. that's a bit... Uh, Would it have happened if he was a white fella walking down the road? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think he was Asian, uh, the mm. fella. So, yeah, I don't know. But right, it's very... Uh, isn't it? When you can't go, go about your own... I mean, I understand that, okay... You can't go and cough on people and go and the pub and shit because they're all short. I understand that, but I don't know. It, it, it's it's a difficult situation, isn't it? That we're all in. But like you mentioned, then Jimbo, just the fact that you even have to ask, can I just go outside and take a few photos? You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, that isn't right. <laughs> not right, and it's also not right. To, we've not been told anything, have we? Really, the closest thing was Boris Johnson said something, didn't he, in the House of Commons recently, and said like. Yeah, it might be the 8th of March that the kids go back to school and all that stuff. So who knows, really? I mean, it doesn't sound like they know what they're on about. Never mind. Them telling us what we're doing. I know, yeah. Like, uh, just going back to the lockdown thing, like, I've been beating myself up a bit because, like, I was telling myself, like, you know, you need to get out there and do a bit of exercise, you know, do a lot. Mm. I've been doing a lot of walking before Christmas and stuff. Yeah. 
I was like, I've just got to get out there and get out, get doing walking again. But with the weather being the way it is, like it's been like a, a really bad January and stuff like that. Yeah, just yeah. Like, yeah my dad's out, my dad's <laughs> out actually um, all flooded in his cars, like all flooded and stuff when we had some floods oh, last week. Yeah, yeah so. pictures, yeah. It's crazy though. It's like we had a bit of a crazy couple of weeks, really. Yeah. So I'm going to try and start again in February. Hopefully it'll be a bit brighter this month, but... Yeah, yeah you mean, back to, uh, geographically and you know astrologically as well as you know life yeah i think as soon as spring comes people will be feeling a little bit better potentially but then they'll be like oh we're not allowed out anyway so what's the point yeah exactly because like you know people seem to think that like in february march lockdown lend will, will be back to normal Last summer, it was like June before they ended lockdown, I think. So, yeah, you know what I mean? It could potentially be another five months of this. Yeah. But yeah, sorry to keep on whinging about it. But... <laughs> oh, I think most people are in a similar situation, unless you live in New Zealand or somewhere nice like that. Yeah. That's what we need to do. We'll just move the pod to, to New Zealand. We'll do it yeah. from, there, from there from now on. I've got a mate who's just gone back to New Zealand for a bit, uh, Josh Butler. He's a... Uh, He's back living living in Loka in New Zealand now. We're all stuck here, so yeah, way through now. We're all stuck on Plague Island, as they call it. <laughs> yeah, that's, what, that's actually what they call it now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, have you guys got anything else you want to mention before we move on to the news? Uh, no. Okie doke. We'll just uh, jump into the news section. I haven't haven't actually got anything this week, but I believe Nick mentioned something before. Oh yeah, I wanted to. Talk about the Army Hammer scandal, I suppose you could call it. <laughs> I, don't know what, I don't know what to call it, really. <laughs> uh, where, where there's been some leaked uh, leaked messages that he... Um, Something's been leaked. Yeah, it was some... liquid leaked, that's what I want to know. <laughs> well, well, he's basically... Um, these messages that he... Um, what's the word? Um, supposedly sent... Um, yeah. Obviously, it's not it's not bit proven true until it's proven true, is it? But mm. uh, but um, yeah, apparently he sent messages to like quite a few of his exes, um, saying like, "I want to eat you." <laughs> he's 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 basically come out in messages as a cannibal. <laughs> well, what I think what it is is it's like a cannibal fetish he's got in it or something like that. I don't know because like one of the one of the messages literally said like um, I want to like take a bite out of you. I, I, I'm a cannibal. It feels so good to actually say it out loud. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, strange though. He's not that... actually saying it out loud though. He's just writing it on a text message, isn't he? <laughs> I think though, from his point of view, I think it is like a like a, a sexual fetish, basically. You reckon? I think so. So I, I hope he hasn't killed any in anyone. <laughs> <laughs> it rubs the lotion on its skin. <laughs> just... I think I think that's just what he's into. You know what I mean? But, like it's just but, weird. But did you see the thing at that? Um, I can't remember what film it is, but um, a co-star in a film that he did, Army Hammer, one of his co-stars uh, now um, going to star as a cannibal in a movie. <laughs> what a coincidence! Oh, so he's into the freaky shit, then this guy. Yeah, I think he's into some freaky stuff. Yeah. 
uh, the what it is. He did that film, Coming by Your Name, with That's Timothy it. Chalamet. That's it. And it was direct, yeah, it was directed by Luca. I think it's Guan, Guadagnino or something. Right. And the next film that them two are doing is called Bones and All. Bones and All. <laughs> Whoa. It's <laughs> just like, I mean, I was wow. like, oh. Wish I was in that. <laughs> yeah. that. Sounds interesting. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's pretty much all the news I've got. It's just I found like it's kind of move related, so I thought I'd bring it up. Yeah, a bit of a... definitely. I mean, I, I I could have like been happier living without knowing that. <laughs> Thank you, though, Nick. You're welcome. I do feel a bit bad for him because like it's getting like I don't know if he'll ever work again now because it's been like such a kind of like joke in Hollywood kind of thing. Oh yeah. Because I don't think it's actually harmed anyone. It's just, you know, just got some weird kind of kink kind of thing. But, I mean, it is weird. Oh, like, <laughs> it's really weird. Everyone's got the kinks, but come on. That's, yeah, that's kind of... it. It's weird. <laughs> Where do you draw the line, John? <laughs> exactly. But, like, it's one of them that, like I said, I don't think it's actually eating anyone. <laughs> At least I hope yeah. he hasn't. Yeah, yeah. Fingers crossed. Yeah. So it's just, it's, it's just been like... And I was like Jimmy Savile, and it's like, uh, like where did you draw the line? Like, uh, he's he's got his kinks, I'm sure he did have. Yeah, yeah. Right, but ugh, it's such a weird, weird subject, isn't it? Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't even know where to yeah. go with that. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely a weird story. But I'm quite, I'm quite intrigued. So Army Hammer, I can't wait to see where your story goes. Oh yeah, where it goes to from here. He might just become an actual cannibal now. Oh well, not hopefully because that would mean people would could be die. I mean, you could always eat people who are already dead if you're going to go down that route, couldn't you? I mean, that's still a bit yeah. weird, isn't it? Well, yeah, it's still a little bit weird. It's better than killing people, I suppose, isn't it? I, I, I don't feel like they should be uh, feeding this kind of addiction. <laughs> and excuse the pun there. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Have you guys heard about stuff called like sky burials and stuff like that? Yeah, is that where they take a, a dead body to the top of a cliff and allow vultures to eat the? Right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they, they get like some people request it and they get a body and they chop it into like steak, basically. Mm. <laughs> take it to a you know like I said top of a mountain or like Arizona or something. Throw the body out and vultures eat the body, kind of thing. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, I think like army hammer. You could have like an army hammer burial. Oh. Where they, you get chopped up and get thrown to Army Hammer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, what's going on with his name as well? Come on. We, we, we I know. Well, right. I, I might be wrong on this, but me and John, me and John, were talking about this years ago in work, and we were saying like Army Hammer. What a stupid name! It sounds like Arm and Hammer. You know, the old toothpaste and stuff like that. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like a hand, like an arm with a hammer in it, chiseling away. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. And we look, but like for some reason we looked into it, and I think he is actually related to. He's like the heir to the Arm and Hammer. Really? So I'm sure he's got some connection he's with it. Like, yeah. like that's no. what? He's, Honestly, he's got something to do with that toothpaste company. I'm sure, like because we, oh, we were joking. There's no way that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. It might be wrong, but me and John have definitely looked into this. And I'm sure we found oh, I stuff. I hope it is true, though. I'm sure he's like heir to the Arm and Hammer toothpaste. Wow. So what, what, like. what, what hordes should he expect when when his uh, you know predecessor dies? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm, it's, it's again, it's weird. <laughs> I'll need to uh, verify this for the next episode. I'll double check. And, uh... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's fantastic. Well, like, if true. 
if you are the heir to the Arm and Hammer toothpaste company, don't call yourself <laughs> Army Hammer, or, or at least the parents shouldn't call him Army Hammer. <laughs> you know what I mean? Call him Bob or something. Doesn't an Army Hammer sound like a, something a child would carry around, like a plastic toy? <laughs> <laughs> And it's like, yeah, it's, 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 yeah, I'm in the army and I've got a hammer. I'm going to, it sounds like a kid's toy, doesn't it? It doesn't sound real. (laughs) But we'll have to, uh, we'll have to check in on Army Hammer and we'll come back next week with a further update on him. Yeah. See how he's doing. Yep. And see what he's doing. If you can think of any other ultra macho names, then please feel free to say them out loud in your mind now. I've just got a, not a bit of news, but I just want to call back to something from the last episode. You guys might remember, I had a real issue with the fire in Tenet. Oh, you did, yeah. The oh, they put a fire, the white freeze, made it go cold. freezes people or something, doesn't it? Basically, if you're going backwards through time, the fire gives you hypothermia as opposed to burning you. Yeah. And I've pinpointed what my issue with it is. Okay. When you watch that scene, the fire causes the windows to freeze in the car yeah but if you were going in the in the opposite time direction this window shouldn't be freezing should it? this window is like, you'd never see ice on a window would you no in a fire like, that window is of the same time as the fire is surely isn't it do you get what I mean so it's like there, yeah. there will be people who are going through that timeline the other way around they're going in the opposite direction so they why aren't they like what the fuck why is the ice on this windscreen do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, no, I, I really mean, think Nolan's dropped the ball on this one. I think Nolan's lost his mind. You might, you might be right, actually, John. Yeah. I think Nolan's just, as a shortcut for that bit, he's thought, what's the opposite of hot or cold? Because we're going backwards, we'll just say, it's, you know what I mean? Just say it's cold. But why would that, why, like, when we see fire in a car, the, the windows don't freeze up. And you would see that, regardless of whether you went forward or backwards. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I've got a real issue with that. I'm going to email Christopher Nolan. The hot and cold thing, the whole hot and cold thing, I mean, unless some scientist person can tell me otherwise, doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I'm going to, I'll am gonna. i keep investigating. I'll try and contact Nolan for a comment about right. this. I can imagine that Christopher Nolan's done a little bit more research about, like, <laughs> time travel than I have, but still, I still don't I don't like the sound of it. Has he got a Twitter? Has he got a Twitter? I've got a real feeling. I don't know, actually. I don't know if he has. He's got a what? Sorry, Nick? I was going to say, has he got a Twitter? If he's got a Twitter, you should definitely message him about it. Yeah, tweeting. Oh, yeah. Like he's going to respond to my lowly message. No, <laughs> no, literally ask him about that. So why, why would that be a thing? That's wrong, isn't it? Yeah, he might be fuming about it. He might get straight back to us. Yeah, exactly. I, 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 I know nothing about thermodynamics or anything like that. But I reckon he's put like loads of effort into 99% of this film, making sure everything's spot on. But this one thing, you've just been like, oh, just make it the reverse of hot. Just say it's cold. You know what I mean? Like, it's all yeah. one thing kind of thing and just forgotten about it. I could be totally wrong. There could be a completely logical explanation for it. But yeah, leave it with me. I'll get in touch with Nolan. I'll get back to you on that. Going back to sort of stuff like that, not necessarily time travel and such, but, you know, the uh, you know the new Bond film, No Time oh, to yeah. Die. Yeah. Well, apparently they've had to, like, reshoot some scenes because the mobile phones and technology in it are that out of date now because it's been delayed that long. They've got to get a new phone in there and film Bond with this new phone, even though the old yeah, is the same. It's literally just a piece of 
glass that you're holding your hand, isn't it? That's all it is. Yeah. But like it's oh, it's pretty shoddy, isn't it? Like you'll have a scene now in the film where Daniel Craig looks two years older. You know what I mean? <laughs> I feel like this Bond thing has been they've been pushing about that much now that it's almost like watching somebody who is a they're like a wuss who won't jump in a cold swimming pool or something like that. It's like that now, and it's like it's actually getting a little bit cringy. It's like just release the film, show us what it's about. And I know that you're a bit scared of not making enough money, but just everyone else has done it. Just let's just see what you've got to offer. And I can imagine it's probably not that great a film anyway. So let's just see your new Bond film, and we can all get back to fucking normal. We've been how long have we been waiting for this now? It was originally was it April last year originally. Fuck me. Or was it even before that, maybe? I don't know. I just feel like it's like it's getting embarrassing now. Just really, we know that you've got the film there, and we know that the reason why you're not releasing it now is because you want to save money. It just makes you look kind of scroogey, and it just makes you look like a dick in, in, in general, I think. Oh, I agree. At least Christopher Nolan, Christopher Nolan didn't make that much money on this one, but I mean, still, he's, he's released his film, and Tenet, I mean, wasn't great. We spoke about it last time. It's all right. I mean, it, it happened. And was there was it a big financial failure? No, not so much failure. Just uh, obviously didn't make anywhere near what they want to make. But it, you know, more than made this bloody back. Like, well, then don't worry about it. Don't be so greedy. Let's just bond. Get this bloody bond film out of the way for God's sake, so we can see the back of uh, Daniel Craig. This is how I felt all the way through with the way the, the way that Hollywood's handled it. They just come across as being like so kind of like greedy and stuff with everything, because like, oh, I'm not releasing my film if I can't make six hundred million dollars. It's like, yeah, every, everyone's had to take a hit here. You know what I mean? Like, fucking put your film out. You know what I mean? Like, it's getting to the point now where people actually don't care about that film anymore. It's been yeah. like people have been teasing it for like a year and a half or something now, and no one's asked about it anymore. They're literally shooting themselves in the foot because they're being so like, like I say greedy and stuff. They're holding stuff back because they want to make a couple of extra hundred million dollars, kind of thing. And it's like greedy fuckers. In the long run, like I say, people just lose interest. You, 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 you've got to kill the industry. <laughs> Not, I mean, literally, the Bond films have been going downhill for a while, as I see it anyway. Um, this is not good. This is not good at all. This could be the last Bond film we see for a while. Yeah, definitely. Especially with the way that the amount of money they've been costing for the last few, last few of them. But yeah, it just feels to me like they're wasting money fucking you know, promoting it. <laughs> like, just yeah, pull it off for a little bit and then re promote when you're ready to release. Don't fucking keep wasting money on this. Yeah, I said for me, it's just the whole thing of like everyone in the world has had to take a hit over this. Yeah, you know, people, people everyone's worse off money wise and stuff, blah blah blah. 100%. But, but Hollywood are kind of thinking, like, no, we want to make our full profit. You know what I mean? Like, it just shows how, like, I don't know, backward thinking that that, that is. Hollywood is literally, you know what I mean? Like, we're talking about film is dead and stuff like that, but the, the like, literally, it's getting to the point now where it's just going to be people watching TV series and watching, I mean, I'm not going to endorse Disney Plus or anything like that, but like, people are going to be watching shit like that rather than actually, the dir- you know. The- the director of Wonder Woman um, did that as well, didn't she? She was fuming that, Catherine... they, that, that they released it on like uh, HBO Max and whatnot. Because, yeah. she, but that would be the same thing. She probably wanted loads more money from like cinema views, didn't she? But the fact, uh, that, but the fact of the matter is, the, the, but the, yeah, but the, the movie was crap anyway, so it wouldn't have made much money anyway. What is Wonder Woman? Nine eighty seven or shit or nine eighty four shit or yeah, yeah. 
to be fair to her, it's more the way they've handled it. I can definitely understand, like, a bit like Nolan, like Nolan's feeling about the HBO Max thing. Yeah. It's all to do with the way Warner Bros. have handled it. Right. Because Wonder Woman was originally slated for, like, September or something. They should have just released it when they were going to. Yeah. Like, you know, worldwide, people were more out of lockdown then than they ended up being at Christmas. Mm. They ended up pushing it back to Boxing Day and released it then. And no cinemas were open to show it, and it had to go into HBO Max. And it's just like literally shot themselves in the foot there, aren't they? Yeah, Warner Bros. literally shot themselves in the foot again. And now, because of what they've done with HBO Max, Christopher Nolan apparently won't work for them anymore. He's going to go to a different studio. All right. Then again, I mean, okay, if Tenet's got anything to be, you know, by, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Uh, I mean, <laughs> he comes out with a film every five years or so, and you know the hit and miss, aren't they? Nolan films. A lot of the time, they are interesting sci-fi films, usually big budget. Tenet kind of was a little bit off kilter, I think. Inception was his last big one, I think. What do you think? See, I, I love all the Batman films and uh, Interstellar and Dunkirk. I love Dunkirk. Okay, fair enough. I, I didn't mind Dunkirk, and I didn't mind. I actually liked Interstellar, fair enough. But the Batman, I, I, I don't really watch them. Yeah, like well, I say, he's going to go to, I, th- I imagine, uh, maybe Paramount, he ends up at maybe, I don't know, but apparently he's done with Warner Bros. Gonna leave, it's gonna whoever be- can afford to give him 70mm film, because it's becoming few and far between a, 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 you know, a studio that's going to allow him to just waste all that money on film when he could do it on digital. Everyone that's else is doing digital. Let's see if Netflix uh, tries to buy him. I don't know. You wouldn't do it, would he? Because of the streaming thing. She hates streaming. <laughs> the, uh... well, yeah. His own his own dick might be the final nail in his own coffin ass. Uh, Disney, <laughs> Disney, Disney will throw like fucking 70 billion pound at him or something. Just like, yeah, come on. Even though yeah. I, don't, I don't think he'd work for Disney, I think I've got a feeling he'll go to Paramount just because they're one of the, they're one of the old stu- proper studios. You know what I mean? Yeah. Does Paramount still make Star Trek films? Is it what, sorry, mate? Paramount still makes Star Trek films. Yeah, they own Star Trek, yep. And, like, they've been very much of the opinion that they're not going to ever put film on streaming before the cinema and stuff like that, so I think... Oh, that's interesting. Well, what about You've the got... TV programmes, Picard? Oh, that's through... I think they own the rights for it, but that was through Amazon, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. This is where it gets confusing, isn't it? I know. It's, uh, so much stuff's, like distributed out to different studios and stuff and different yeah. services. But yeah, there's a quick the, one. Oh, sorry, sorry, go on, John. With the Paramount thing, they were quizzed about uh, Top Gun Maverick, about like, why don't you just release it on your... They've got like a new streaming service. I can't think what it's called now. And they're saying, why, why don't you just put it on that? And they were saying like, we spoke with Tom Cruise and we cannot we cannot put that out anywhere other than theatres. So we'll wait until the summer to put it in theatres. Is the new, the new Top Gun film isn't out yet, no? No, comes out in the summer, but apparently the word on that is that people are saying it's amazing kind of thing. Uh, Did you hear I about, oh, I think we spoke about this on another pod, actually, the uh, the fact that in, uh, the Chinese audience actually get to see a different visual representation of the entire film. There are pieces redacted from the Chinese um, version of the film. Of what, Top Gun? Yeah, of this Top Gun, the second Top Gun film. There's some because China don't rec- recognize Hong Kong as a country and they don't recognize <laughs> another country as a country. There's some, I don't know this exactly, but there's some maps or some like, you know, uh, you know, some sort of like 
uh, flags on his back of his you know leather jacket that oh yeah wouldn't really make sense from from a from a, a, a Chinese communist standpoint so they've removed yes. those and just put I don't know what they've done with it like but that, that that was a bit strange that they would even go to that length and I suppose it's similar to the way that Disney just got rid of um, John Boyega's uh, big picture and, and made him smaller and stuff like that because of probably the colour of his skin really yeah and the uh, they deleted that uh, lesbian kiss from Rise of Skywalker I mean China. I'm not a, I'm not a fan of anybody deleting lesbian kisses so <laughs> that's, that's a disgrace yeah but that's China for you they don't like it do they yeah I'm not sure what China's about I, I don't think I like it though I don't want to say anything bad about China purely because they'll probably be uh, listening. Well, they'll probably be old. They'll probably be like, we'll be working for them in about 10 years' time for a bad look of things. <laughs> well, you two will be because I've said bad things now. I won't be. So if I'm not there <laughs> next time. China because, have got you. Because, yeah, I've been gotten by somebody. <laughs> but then again, I mean, I don't really like England. <laughs> I think, I think our, government, our government is really shit as well. <laughs> I suppose it's a difference between people. I don't know. Are, are people dying? People are dying in England as well, aren't they? Of what sort? I don't know. Bad things <laughs> happen everywhere, I suppose. Don't trust the system. That's that's my advice I'd give to you. Yeah, that's a good motto. Good motto to live by. Yeah. Just don't trust anybody. Just live in a... a, a, a dig the biggest hole you can afford to dig and uh, cover it with as much, you know foliage if you can afford to you know chop down and just live in that hole that's that's my that's my uh advice just live, live underground yep physically and literally <laughs> and spiritually as well off the grid i like it yeah. you won't catch coronavirus on, on underground yeah. but we were talking about this earlier weren't we? i mean uh when was the last time i had a cold yeah it's coming up to like it's over two years for me i think now wow Yep. Yeah. Well, I mean, I still shit through the eye of a needle quite regularly, but cold, no. <laughs> that's the uh, that's the alcohol that Jimbo. <laughs> Potentially, yes, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know that I mix them, does it? I mean, I, I've, I've been having a few ciders and a few little dark ones tonight. Um, yeah, it's been lovely. Yep. All right, guys, have you got anything else you want to go into before we get into uh, Bill and Ted? No. Also, in that case, we'll get into uh, Bill and Ted Face the Music. Okay, Nick, have you got a plot synopsis? I do indeed. Once told they'd save the universe during a time-travelling adventure, two would-be rockers from San Dimas, California, find themselves as middle-aged dads still trying to crank out a hit song and fulfil their destiny. Okay, here's a clip. Yes, well. <laughs> Best 75 out of anyone. Is he playing on Scott? By himself? Good. Miserable, dude. Yes. Dude, he's cheating. Yes. Let's go, dude. Good luck, dads. Be sweet. Okay, okay. 
Hey, Death. It isn't a wild stallion. Have you come to sue me again? No, Death. Not at all. We just need to talk to you, Death. Talk to the hand. Okay, who wants to uh, kick us off with this film? Uh, James, maybe? <laughs> you, you you watched it last night, didn't you? I did, yeah, yeah. I, I watched it last night, and I, I'd only—I mean, I'd seen Bill and Ted, you know, the first one. What's that called? Oh yeah, uh, excellent, excellent adventure. adventure. Yeah, well, I, I I watched it when I was a kid. I remember watching it as a kid, um, but I just thought I'd refresh my memory and I watched it again, and it was just really kind kind of painful to watch. I thought. Oh really? Yeah, I, mean, I was really struggling with it. It's definitely a, a product of its time kind of thing, you know what I mean? The, yeah. Uh, it's like 89 or something, isn't it? I think it might be 87, you know, or 88 right. maybe. Yeah. Could be right, it was probably 89 now after saying that, but... Uh, it's before like, I was born before. anyway, like it's, a, it's like a year or so before I was born. It's like, it is an old one, but I remember watching it when I was younger and stuff, but... I don't know. I, I remember the freaky face of the of the second one, you know, the the, the death, and it was like yeah, I think he was on the front cover of the of the, the video, the VHS, wasn't he? He was. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, and last, I remember washed up against the glass kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And I remember seeing that in the video shop that was it, 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 near where I grew up, in 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 where I grew up. And there was a video shop, and when you opened the door, it was like, you made like a weird noise when the door closed. <laughs> and you go in, and I remember seeing like the wedding singer sticks out to me, Fright Night sticks out to me, and uh, and Bill and Ted also sticks out to me. They, they, they're three of the most, three of the film covers, you know, the, the, the VHS yeah. sleeves that, that attracted my attention a, a lot. The Wedding Singer, I'm not sure why. I, that, that's, I've never even, I don't even think I've seen The Wedding Singer. Is it Adam Sandler? <laughs> yeah, Adam Sandler. It was a big film, yeah. like in 98. A really big yeah. film. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, that was one of the, one of the ones I remember seeing in there. And, and I remember the, the ghost face from Bill and Ted. And I think actually my sister had a, had a poster because she loved uh, Keanu Reeves. Uh, she had a poster of the bus that couldn't slow down on one <laughs> on one of the, of the posters, <laughs> and uh, the, the other one was uh, was Bill and Ted uh, Strikes Back or something like that, or like but, uh, bogus. Oh, uh, bogus Journey. Bogus oh yeah, yeah. Strikes Back is the other kind of stoner uh, comedy <laughs> franchise, isn't it? It's funny you mention that though. Like you, you proper like kind of hit on a few memories that I've got there. Like when I was a kid. Our local uh, shop in in Birchwood was a place called Dylan's, near the Turpin Feather, and he would he had literally the back of his shop was just like a video shop, wall walls and walls of videos kind of thing. Mm. Which was the style at the time. And I have memories of like the reason I've got. Could you see that Empire Strikes Back poster behind me on the wall? Is it the right hand side one? It's like that's, a that old... blue that blue one there. Oh, that's an episode one on the left, and then you got the yeah. Yeah, that's, that's Phantom Menace there, and that's the Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. Well, that blue Empire poster. The reason I love that poster so much is that it was always in that video shop, and that was the cover of the video case. And like, okay. it was just like burnt into my memory, kind of thing. Like just just that that image, kind of thing. I mean, to this day, I I, I literally only watch Fright Night this this Halloween because um, 
I'm gonna be I'm gonna feel I'm gonna be really bad now. I can't kind of remember the name. But Emily's brother also does a podcast, and we've spoke about this in the past. And it'd be nice to have a collaboration. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, that's cool. I'll provide more information at the end. Um, but yeah, he 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 actually watched Right Night, and I hadn't seen it, and I watched it. It was like, actually is interesting but it's not what I expected but it was just the, the film the VHS sleeve stuck out to me I think because it was quite scary it was a cloud with like a vampire face in the cloud but I remember oh. being scared by it as a kid and I, was, I just remember looking at the, 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 the cassette the video cassette case and thinking whoa that is spooky again it was so funny like I was this close this week to buying that uh, that poster the Friday Night poster, because, like, again, I have that memory of just seeing it in the video shop kind of thing. I love the poster. It's like a suburban house with a massive cloud with an evil face in the cloud behind it. Yeah, yeah. I, I ended up going for this one instead. I don't know if you can, can even see it, but... Can you see that on the wall there? It's a uh, Suspiria. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the original Suspiria poster, so I went for That's that instead. Really yeah, but, uh, like, these memories of, like... And Bill and Ted was another big one in the video shop. It was like it's so daft thinking about it. It was top, it was top right of the shelf every time. We had a yeah. massive shelf, and literally the top top right corner was Bill and Ted right there. I remember seeing it loads as a kid, and I actually caught it at the cinema. But it would have been like a year or two later, you know, like cause back then. Yeah, they'd be released films constantly because like yeah. the audience in town was only a three screen theater, so we just like, show old stuff yeah. all the time. Well, it was funny you said the audience. Sorry, the Odeon in town, it used to be called UCI, didn't it, back in the 90s? Oh, so yeah. But this is back when that was the UCI, and there was actually an Odeon in town as well. Uh, uh, well, well the spoon. That looking glass. The looking glass used to be the... Uh, yeah, the that's it. That, that was the old massive Odeon, and uh, I watched it there with one of my mates, Lee Pickerskill. We went to, but like, I, I would only have been like 11 at the time. We both just went to town, like, I don't know. My mum just let me do what I want, I think. <laughs> you could do that in them days. I think, yeah. that, I mean, terrorism wasn't really... I mean, our town saw terrorism in 1993, didn't it? But, I mean... Yeah, it was a couple it, of years later. I hadn't yeah. really seen any sort of, like, bombs going off or anything, or real real crimes or anything like that. Like, yeah, but I watched town, it. Or anything. Yeah. And like I said, that, that was at the cinema where I watched it for the first time with one of my mates and, like, loved it. And, and it was a couple of years later that part two came out. Well, I remember getting that on video. Rented it on video one night and watched it at home and loved that as well. Yeah, but yeah, got, that's part of the reason why I love the first film. So many memories about like going to watch at the cinema and stuff like that. But getting to this film, uh, this is one of the one of the problems with the film for me that they can't really do anything about. But how long was it? Like thirty years later, this one. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I love Keanu Reeves. Got a lot of time for him. I think he's a great actor. A lot of people give him flack for being like the world world dude kind of guy. But I think is a I think he's great. But in this film, it's like he can't get back to that level of of what Ted was in the first two films. I think, yeah. I think Alex Wintercam, who plays a mm-hmm. who plays a Bill S. Preston Esquire, he can get back there. He's still there, cool and happy and stuff all the time. But Keanu looks like. He's like a Buddhist monk or something. Do you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> yeah. you get what I Do mean? You think that? I mean, it, it, people always say that Keanu Reeves never ages, and he doesn't really. I mean, he's how old is he? Like fifty or something, and he still looks like he's a beautiful man, isn't he? I mean, he's a he's a very good looking bloke, but you can yeah. kind of see. I mean, he did, he just because normally he has a little bit of a beard or a five o'clock shadow or something like that. 
but you could see his jowls a little bit going on there. Like you can see he's getting on a bit now. Yeah, definitely. Just his performance though as well. Like like you watched the first one the other night. Have, have you watched the first yeah. one recently, Nick? Or I have watched it fairly recently, yeah. Just like the energy that they've got in the first films. Like obviously I know they're 30 years younger, so like, you know, they would be like that. But, but some it's like, you know, like almost the, like watching the new one is kind of like basic music. It's like they're moving around in the same way a teenager wouldn't. It's kind of like you wouldn't do that anymore. And I know it's supposed to be comedy and stuff, but it's just sort of like yeah. teacher out of it. But like there's a bit in that first one where, like, just an example, the uh, they ask themselves what the, the what number they're thinking of, and they're like sixty nine, dude. So, you know, like stuff yeah. like that. <laughs> and, and in, in this film, Keanu doesn't act like that. He's like Neo almost or something. It's just like. Yeah, he's gone too cool now. I mean, he is cool, but like, well, he's like, yeah. he's like simultaneously doing like um, Matrix, John Wick, and Bill and Ted. One, yeah. it's, it's, it's probably yeah, finding it hard. He's revisiting his past at different it, times. He's probably finding it hard to actually get back into the characters. Like, he's probably in like probably in the Neo headspace when he's meant to be doing Bill and Ted or something. Well, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, could I mean, Bill and Ted. This this new one could it not have been done? I mean, would it would have been the world wouldn't have been the worst place if it wasn't for this new film, would it? No, but, yeah, no, it, it doesn't but, feel like the need to do it. But but I think the world um, wants more um, Keanu Reeves nostalgia, don't they? Like, yeah. I reckon Keanu would have been perfectly happy to not do this movie, but it's the world that wants it, so they're just giving everyone. Yeah. They, want. they should just make another the bus that couldn't slow down, shouldn't they? Yeah, <laughs> they'll probably get around to that at some point, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, we got the Matrix Four coming out. I mean, whenever coronavirus. Have you seen? Have you seen the leaked name for Matrix Four? No, what's that? Um, they're saying it's going to be called Matrix Resurrection. Hmm. It does make sense because the whole point of the Matrix was that Neo comes around every like what hundred years or something like that or whatever it was. Yeah. And like they've been like the architect explains there's been like you know two million four hundred permutations of Neo before him kind of thing. And it's, yeah. The whole point. Do you remember any of this at all? Like the I, whole point of Neo. I the think Matrix I do. Yeah. Been, yeah, the whole point of Neo was to come along to end the Matrix, to start the Matrix again, kind of thing. He was like, he was basically like, a re- he was a reboot function, basically. <laughs> that's literally just told me, like, oh my god, that's what made me feel like the creepiest thing because, like, all these new uh, like reboots that are coming out now, like, it'll be like, okay, we've we've got Harrison Ford here, but like Harrison Ford will just pass the baton on to a younger person, and the same with sort of like Ghostbusters, and the same with sort of. I feel like there's even this... a new Ghostbusters now, isn't there? Where there's like kids. Yeah, mm. I feel I feel like with this, uh, uh, Phil and Ted, like this was very much passing the torch on to his do- the daughters. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. and both the daughters. Were, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hold anything back now. Both the daughters were terrible. Oh, what? Was, was I highlight the film? Was it Fingy? Was it um, Harley Quinn Smith that did it? Or am I wrong? No, that's the thing. Like, I, I love Samara Weaving. I, think I thought she's that amazing. was something to, do with, like, something to do with, like, Hugo Weaving, but I don't think it is, is it? You know what? I think she is related to him. Well, she's Australian, and I think Hugo Weaving's Australian as well, isn't he? I'm sure, like, I looked it up. Maybe the same day I looked up Army Hammer, maybe, but I'm sure I looked it up that She's like third cousin removed or something to Hugo Weaving, something right. like that. But then again, you live in a country with a, with a depth with a population that's sparse, then everyone's gonna be yeah. fucking related, aren't they? I'm surprised they've not all got seven fingers. 
I, I almost think that the daughters are playing Bill and Ted better than Alex Winter and, her. <laughs> and Keanu Reeves. So like, Keanu the, Reeves' the, the, daughter in the film, is she is she a she? That's, that's uh, she's non, non-binary. Okay, so it's, she's not a she then, so it's they. We call her they then, do we? Yeah, they and there, yeah. Uh, right. Okay. I, I thought there's a little Keanu. I thought she was amazing. Like, do you not like him? No. They were so much better than the blonde one. Oh really? I, see, I, I like. I really you love her. niece or whatever. I thought she was shit. Like I've always, I always love Samara Weaving because she reminds me, like Nick mentioned, she reminds me of Margot Robbie. But there's something about her that seems a bit more interesting. Like Margot Robbie's yeah. a bit more blank I mean, canvas thing. Okay, fair enough. She's, she's an attractive lady to look at. That's that's one thing. But she was just kind of annoying. And I think it should, I think maybe that character doesn't exist anymore. Obviously, they're just trying to go for like a surfer dude from the eighties or early nineties sort of a thing, and that's not really what it's about, is it? I, I don't know. I I really enjoyed them too. Though. Like, they like essentially this that their journey of having to put the musicians together. That in itself is just like a reboot of the first film, and it like. They're basically Bill and Ted in the first film, getting historical yeah. figures together to save the world, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I mean, really enjoyed them too. I think one thing that really annoyed me, I know we're going like towards the end of them, but like the, 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 the play a song, and I'm like, if they had all the best musicians from ever, like Jimi Hendrix, um, they had bloody, what's his name? Um, Louis Armstrong. Oh, yeah, uh, Louis Armstrong. I've got a list there. Jimi Hendrix, Louis Armstrong, Mozart. Lingalon, uh, some caveman called Crom, and Kid Cudi. Apparently, he's a modern rapper. He's, a, he's some sort of rapper, I believe. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so you've got all these artists, and they're still only doing the four chords. You know, like um, Axis of Awesome, the four chords. The Australian yeah. group that do that, and it's literally just the four chords. Like Jimi Hendrix wouldn't would not abide that. Come on, that's like, it's almost <laughs> like I'm surprised they've got away with using his likeness because I believe that Jimi Hendrix is a state very. Um, they don't allow Jimi Hendrix's music to be used in any of the films or anything like that. That's why you only hear yeah. it all along the Watchtower because it was Bob Dylan who wrote it. Yeah, I know what you mean. I thought, yeah, I don't know how they would have even approached I think, that. I think Jimi Hendrix's estate actually sued one of the, one of Jimi Hendrix's cousins because he used Electric and Hendrix in the same product. I mean, really? we're probably going to get sued now that I've said those words. I'm sorry, John. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, there was one bit that I loved, I think. I think it was Mozart. Like, Mozart was, like, blowing Jimi Hendrix's mind or something, like, playing the piano and stuff. Mm. So little bits like that, like, I really enjoyed. The, yeah. Yeah. Like, one thing that, again, the kind of... They brought the princesses into it in the first film, and they kind of stuck with them then. You know, the two princesses from, like, the uh, medieval f- uh, history in part one. And two sexy and, like, ladies from back in the day. Yeah. And they're still like married to them in this film, but they just don't know what to do with them. They just send them off on their own little journey, and they never even check in with them. <laughs> you know what I mean? You never find out what to do with them. Just turn up a, like later on, kind of thing. <laughs> like, why even have them in the film? Just say they got divorced or something. Like yeah. <laughs> no, it's strange. And they're not even played by the same actresses, are they? No, I don't think so. Uh, what did you guys think of the? Uh, is he a robot, Dennis? The guy who's sent to kill Bill and Ted. Oh yeah, was he like a, a self-conscious yeah. robot or something? I liked him in, in a way, but what the fuck was he like? Why? Why? Why was he all of a sudden like apologetic? I think, 
there was a thing in part two called Station, and I think they're just getting back to kind of that kind of character again, really. But like, I when he, when he first turned up, I thought, oh my god, I'm going to hate this kind of thing. But he actually made me laugh a few times. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I thought it was quite good by the end of it. <laughs> yeah, I actually didn't. I didn't, didn't hate him. And in some ways, Nick, he reminds me of you, Nick. Like he's kind of just sort of like. The way he spoke was just sort of like as nonchalant as you say things sometimes. Oh, no, okay. Um, <laughs> I tried to take that as a compliment, Nick. It was, it was meant as such. Okay, <laughs> I, I, I will take it as that. <laughs> <laughs> I've, got, I've got a couple of little glitches with the film as well that I've got a couple of issues with. Like one bit there, Dennis kills Keanu's dad and sends yeah. him to hell. But he also, like, kills the SWAT van next to him and the SWAT van goes to hell. It's like why would that why would a SWAT van <laughs> get sent to hell? <laughs> I think the only reason why it did is so they could use it later on, isn't it? Because yeah, it's literally a plot device. They can ride it yeah. back out later on. But it's like yeah. are they are they suggesting that, that SWAT van's got a soul or something like <laughs> maybe it has. Yeah. It's sent to hell. <laughs> and sorry, just on the other glitch thing. Uh Again, at risk of getting back into the tenet time travel rules and stuff like that. Not that this ca- this film cares about stuff like that, but no. in the first film, they point out explicitly that if you go time traveling, time in the present still carries on as normal, and that's why they have to get back to San Dimas for like three o'clock yeah. the day after or something like that. Yeah, it reminds himself to wind the watch and still forgets to wind it, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in this film, at the end. They, the, the, I think the exact words are they duplicate themselves like in in infinite an infinite number of times, so that they can get instruments to everyone throughout history to like to play the song. And it's oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like no, no. You've already pointed out you can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. No matter how long it'll take you to get around everywhere, giving out instruments, time still carries on in the in the, in the present kind of thing. But they don't care, do they? <laughs> by that point. <laughs> Oh, yeah. It's nice to see George Carlin back as well. Where was he in the film? Well, he was just like a hologram in. Oh, like, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, you're yeah. right. Yeah, it's a shame in it because uh, he was in part two, wasn't he? But he, uh, when did he die, George Carlin? Like t- 2010 or something? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure when he died, but yeah, absolutely, absolutely. One of my favourite uh, uh, comedians. Yeah, it's good. And just every now and then, like, I'll just go on YouTube when I'm in a bit of a comedy mood. I'll watch, like, Bill Hick, a lot of Bill Hicks stuff and a lot of George Carlin. There's a just, lot uh, you can, There's a lot of comparisons you can draw between Bill Hicks and George Carlin, I think. I think yeah, Louis C.K. is the modern-day uh, George Carlin, though. Yeah, we mentioned before, Army Hammer, with his uh, sexual exploits. Louis C.K. was a victim <laughs> of that as well, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, you can jack off in front of Army Hammer. <laughs> You call him a victim then, John. Well, did I say that? Oh, so yeah, he was a victim of. Yeah, that's a bad way of wording it. Yeah, what, what wasn't the best way of wording it, that, John? I mean, I think Army Hammer seems weirder than Louis C.K. at the minute, though. If he wants yeah, to oh, 100%, put yeah. someone inside his mouth and eat them. I mean, Louis just wanted to like have a wank in front of some women or something like that. And apparently they all agreed. I mean, I, I, I don't know. Maybe those yeah, that, 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 that is the story, apparently, yeah. But yeah. he got, uh, he got uh, black, blacklisted for it, didn't he? Basically, yeah, yeah. But did you, did you see his latest film, though? 
No offense, Louis. I mean, I, I, Louis C.K. is probably my favorite comedian. I don't even know. I absolutely love the guy. But his latest film with the girl from Kick Ass, and I can't remember the name of the film now. It's all black oh. and white. Right. I don't. I don't know. We've done a film with it, but yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, oh I, 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 I love you, Daddy, or something. It's called or something like that. Something along those lines. Like I said, I don't want to. I don't want to upset any of the listeners, kind of thing. But I do feel a bit bad for Louis C.K. in terms of how he was treated. Like, yeah. Because again, it wasn't wasn't the wisest thing. I don't, I don't care about any of the listeners. Like, I genuinely think that the way Louis treat Louis C.K. was treated was horrible. Yeah, I think he was a unfairly blacklisted kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, that like I mean, Epstein's all over the newspaper still, and he's dead, and he's been. You know, I mean, yeah, but let's say Lucy Cave essentially, he, yeah, it might be a bit creepy what he did, kind of thing, but it wasn't, you know, he didn't Epstein anyone, did he? Or he didn't exactly, yeah, uh, like Jimmy Savile anybody, did he? Exactly, or he didn't let anyone have a go of his uh, his didgeridoo or his wobble board or anything, <laughs> yeah, so it seems to have been ha- treated a bit harshly, but uh, so. you, but yeah, George Carlin, though, fantastic, and interesting. I like the fact though that the uh. I heard this on a Red Light Media, actually. The the girl who's playing his daughter in this film is called Kelly, and that's the name of his actual daughter. Sorry, is this... is this um, Whose daughter is this? The blonde girl or the brunette one? Oh, sorry, uh, George yeah, Carlin. Oh, uh, yeah, I was thinking. She, she's a comedian, isn't she? Yeah, comedian, but she's playing a character called Kelly, which is the actual name of George Collins' real daughter. So it's like a little kind of nod, I think. Oh, to... I was thinking, do you know, I actually tried to, as soon as I saw, that, I knew that obviously, I know that God bless his soul, George Collins was, de- was dead and she was supposed to be his daughter. I actually Googled her to see whether or not it was his real daughter or something like that. Or yeah. I actually Googled it, I didn't go with anything and I just carried on watching the film. But it's nice that they've, that they've called her Kelly because of, the, because of that. Just a little, yeah, a little kind of nod, I think, isn't it? That's really nice. I think I'm nearly done, you know. Uh, my only other note is really the whole thing of going to hell. Again, it's a bit of a plot device, isn't it? That <clears throat> just a way to get everyone to meet up again in the same place and also to get death back into it. Because, like, they all just go to hell and literally two minutes later, they've talked death and taken them, taken them back to work <laughs> anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. It feels a bit like, why are we, why are we even bothered? Oh, yeah, because they've got to meet up with death again and get death back involved. And that, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I'm all done, guys. Have you guys got anything more you want to mention? Or Not really. I mean, why did why did you make me watch this film? That's the question I've got to ask, really. <laughs> <laughs> so did you really hate it, yeah? Nah, I didn't hate it, but it was just some, it just felt like nothing happened. Yeah, I think that might be the point of the films, though. All three of them. It's not. It's not about like um, anything happening. It's you're just going on the journey with these people. You just have to literally it's just the yeah. journey, bro. <laughs> and just enjoy it for what it is like. Yeah, I think yeah. Nick's spot on there, though. Like, like your complaints with the first one before, saying like it felt a bit empty and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think it does, but. I think it's just meant to be. You're just hanging out with a couple of cool, dudes. cool guys, basically. Dudes, basically, they're both dudes, aren't they? Yeah. A couple of dudes. Uh, I don't even know what the word "dude" means. I mean, I mean, a dude means a cool person, doesn't it? I think. Apparently, a dude is the uh, a camel's foreskin. Really? Yeah. Google it. You'll find out. 
didn't know that. <laughs> so, 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 so when you call your friends, dude, uh, yeah, dude, <laughs> you're, you're, you're actually <laughs> you're actually calling them a, a camel's foreskin. <laughs> in the same vein. Uh, but i mean you could just say like uh some guy who's a twat um is actually a pregnant fish a pregnant fish is a twat so you could could be calling someone a fish that's got a baby inside it so (laughs) think about that next time i suppose (laughs) but like on on that uh that theme kind of thing that we're on about the the feeling of the film in terms of it feeling just like you're on a hangout, there's one bit in, in part three where the girls have been sent to hell and, and Bill and Ted meet up with them again. Yeah. And they, they say to them, like, you know, how are you doing? And uh like, well, you know, we've been killed, we've been sent to hell kind of thing. And they're like, no, but how are you how are you doing? And they're like, yeah. <laughs> and I think that's just that just like sums up the entire trilogy kind of thing. Like, you know, it's just a laugh, basically, you know what I mean? Like just uh yeah. You're just hanging out with some 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 chill guys, kind of thing. You're that's just up for a laugh, basically. I feel like that's all I have to, I go into that film. It's as if I'm just hanging out with a few mates. Like, yeah, yeah. this is mad on a little mad adventure. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, if you guys have got anything else, should, should we uh, do ratings? Yeah, yeah, by all means. Okay, okay. I'll start off. Uh, I'm gonna go like a very light three point five. Probably the worst of the trilogy, I think, but only, only just behind, only just worse in part two. But yeah, I, I ended up quite enjoying it. I mean, I've got it up, got it on Blu-ray, got it up, up there on Blu-ray at the moment. So nice. yeah, uh, I quite liked it. Very light, three point five. Okay. Very well. Nicholas, is it, is it me? Um, I'm I'm going just a tad lower than John. I'm going for a three out of five. But um, I, I enjoyed, like I said before, I enjoyed all three of the films just for the fact that I'm on a little adventure with some cool dudes. Yeah. Um, but but I yeah, it it doesn't feel more than the three out of five for me. So as much as I love, you know, Keanu and stuff, it's got to be one out of five for me. Oh, that bad? Okay. Wow. Can have to be. It was just. In my opinion, wasn't very funny, and I mean, even though maybe I didn't have the nostalgia factor to, to counteract it, but wasn't very funny. It was cringy in parts. There was no, there was no struct, no structure. There was nothing to really make me want to carry on watching it. And what was the last thing? There was something else that was really up that bugged me about it. Yeah, it was just like the fact that they were like, they'd never tried to adapt the, the role. I mean, okay, I get, I get, I get the 50-year-old blokes now, but they're not like still like, dude, gnarly, and like running around and shit. <laughs> it just, to me, as an I outsider, think, I think this is just an outsider's point of view, it was pretty shit. And then <laughs> even the end thing, when they had like Jimi Hendrix and like, um, you know, um, what's, the, what's the trumpet guy called? The, the, Oh, Louis Armstrong. Louis Armstrong. They had all these like, the, the legendary, apparently legendary artists, and they were just playing like the four chords. Like they were just playing like pop music. It just it wasn't right. I mean, I, I feel like sorry for Jimi Hendrix. If, if Jimi Hendrix, <laughs> uh, nah, nah, you, you shouldn't you shouldn't be using people. Uh, nah, it was shit. I thought it was pretty. I, 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 I don't I don't think um, the point was that 
um, of the quality of the song. I think it was to do with the fact that everyone, joining everybody together, every, everyone was yeah, simultaneously playing the song together as as a, as a unit. So it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't need to have acted. Been a, I think because obviously like. If if you are trying to claim that this is the greatest song ever or something that will save humanity, um, then yeah, how can it, how can you even hope how, to do that? Kind of exactly, thing? there's absolutely no possible way to actually do it. So to get around no. that, to get around but that, I said it's amazing because it? the entirety of humanity did. It I get together. where you're coming from, but when it comes to something like like Jack Black's film, The School of Rock, there was a few songs in that. It's actually like they're actually songs that you could release and they could be they could make money. There was none of that in this film, was there? Yeah, that's what I know what you mean. Like in part two, at the end of part two, it's a kiss. It's God gave rock and roll to him, I think, which is class. You know what I mean? The, yeah, yeah. Like, you know what they should have done at the end? They should have, like, got everything set up and, like, you know what, finally everyone set up to play, ready to play. And, like, just as, like, they hit the first guitar chord, it just finishes. And it's like, you know, you know, yeah, they've exactly. saved the world. We don't need to see it. Go the other way, John. Go the other way, John. It goes, because if you want to be the teacher's bear. I, I, that's, a, that's a cool song, isn't it? I mean, go on. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Just, just hire somebody who can make music to make make that, that last song instead of getting like Kid Cudi or whatever the fucking name is. I know what you mean. That song is shit at the end. Like, but like I said, they had kind of wrote themselves into a corner because like they were like, shit, they need to do the best song ever. And then, Dave Grohl you know, was in the film as well, wasn't he? From Foo Fighters and Nirvana. Oh, shit, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> he had a cameo. Yeah, Why didn't he that. write a song for the film? Maybe he did, maybe he didn't. It was shit. Who knows? <laughs> maybe collectively they all said, let's just, just do a four-chord song, but but make it so that the, the entirety of humanity has to do it together. That'll be what makes it grand. Groovy. I don't know. Give me Pick a Destiny any day over, over that film. Oh yeah. Just one, one final point. Uh, at the very end, there's an, an after-credit scene. I don't know if you stuck around for it, but and it's just them two as all, really old blokes in that uh, in that like nursing home, whatever. And they finally get up to play like one last chord before dying, kind of thing. Oh no way! Because I, <laughs> I actually did fast-forward it and stuff. I fast-forwarded it to see if there was an end there. I didn't notice. Oh really? Yeah. So, uh, I think it's at the very end of the credits and the. Uh, I think the I saw end. it. You can barely stand up, kind of thing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> why did they have USB original USB pen? It's supposed to be like 2077 or something like that. I think he rec- that's the USB he recorded from the day they performed it. I think uh-huh. that's right. Isn't it? Yeah. And he took it all the way all that way with him to give it back to himself, so we can then go play it. Yeah. Consider that that's debunked. Then fair enough. <laughs> So you two aren't up for uh, what they even called the two daughters? I'm not sure. There's a blonde one and a brunette one. Yeah. You know, but I, a, I don't, a, I don't want to say the wrong thing now because I, I don't know what the pronouns I should use. Yeah. But yeah, I'd be, I'd be up for a, a, a sequel about the daughters. I thought, I thought that'd be quite good. See, I've, I've, I almost felt like it was a rare backdoor kind of pilot, pilot yeah. to, to um, a daughter spin-off or what have you. Yeah, it just seems like this, this new Ghostbusters film that's going to be coming out, it just seems like that sort of thing, doesn't it? Where just that's, what they, like, that's what they're doing now, aren't they? They're passing it on, passing the uh, baton on. They're basically soft rebooting loads of these things, but they're bringing back the original 
cast to kind of like you say pass uh, the baton on pass pass the button yeah that's almost like giving a blessing isn't it which doesn't really do much if if they can give the blessing as much as they want to film shit it's going to be shit no exactly yeah but the thing is people aren't responding to um full reboots like look at um I mean, let, let's be honest, it was terrible anyway, but the female um, Ghostbusters movie, no one responded to that because there was no passing of the baton. But I bet with this new one, people are probably a bit more open to it purely because it's got the original cast in it. Yeah. I think didn't didn't uh, the original writers have anything to do with the last one? I don't of know. what's with Ghostbusters? Yeah. Well, I don't know, because the first one was written by Dan Aykroyd and Egon, uh, Harold Ramis. Yeah. But the director of the first two Ghostbusters, his son, has directed the, directed the new one. Oh, nice. But I'm not a massive fan of... Is it Jason Reitman, it's called? I'm not a massive fan of him as a director. He did some good mm. stuff like Juno. Oh, he's yeah. done some shite stuff. Yeah, he's done some shite stuff as well. So, uh, Juno was actually pretty good, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, uh, I like it, but... Elliot um, Page. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the thing is, I can get really technical here, but he did a lot of films that were written by Diablo Cody, who's a great writer, and all those films were good. And then as soon as he stopped adapting her stuff, his films fell off a cliff, kind of thing. So, yeah, yeah so it's. Ghostbusters, unless they get Diablo Cody to write it, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but then, yeah, you can, you can look at like sort of like Inception and stuff like that. You look, they've got the Denzel Washington, great actor. Is it, yeah. is it David John Washington, his son? I think so. Or yeah. is it John David Washington? I, can't, I, I never know which way around One it is. Two. I can never remember which way around it is. He's nowhere near as cool as Denzel, is he? No, I don't think so. I was just thinking then, though, how cool of a name is that Diablo? I never even thought about that before. Diablo is in devil in Spanish. It is. Like, was that what yeah. it means? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. I just think Diablo, that's a, that's a class name, though. Diablo. Yeah, it sounds spooky, doesn't it? Mm. Right, guys, so you all done with Bill and Ted? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Right, then once you get into them, what we've watched, uh, does anyone want to kick us off, or...? Uh, I'm not bothered. Um, what what, what, what did... Um, did you have some a list, um, James? You wanted to go through? Yeah, only there's, there's a couple of films I watched lately. The first one I'm going to talk about, Crimson Tide. Oh yeah, great film. Yeah, Tony Scott film. R.I.P. Yeah, yeah. What, we've what talked about. Yeah, we've talked about it before on the True Romance podcast that we did. Oh, was that the, the director of that? Yeah, yeah, and written by Tarantino as well. Yep, yep. Yeah, so they had a collaboration again with this one, didn't they? Yeah. What was this one? Sorry. Repeat what this one was. Crimson Tide. Crimson Tide. Yeah. Great film, though. I th- th- the, only, the only thing I, I had, a, had a problem with is right at the end where it's like, well, you know, what's the old guy called in it? Gene Hackman. Gene Hackman. Yeah, yeah. Well, the Hackman. The Hackman. That's what they call him. Um, but. Yeah, like he um, basically committed mutiny and tried to kick everything off. And it turned out like, uh, yeah, he got away with it at the end. It's like, uh, I've just realised this, but it's like a reverse of Hunt for Red October, isn't it? In that film, 
Sean Connery is trying to defect from Russia to America, but they all think he's trying to start a nuclear war. Hmm. Whereas in this film, Gene Hackman is actually trying to start a nuclear war. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's actually quite exactly the polar opposites, but they've both, both got very red themes to them as well, which is strange. Yeah. Who directed Hunt for Red October? Oh, that was uh, John Mattin and that diehard director. Hmm. Yeah, but uh, it's one of those films, uh, Crimson Tide. I've not watched it for years now, but I need to watch it again just to remember the actual details of the plot. Yeah, I, I, I watched that at the cinema in a, that was the UCI in Westbrook. Wow. Went with a few lads from school to watch that. Uh, what year did that yeah, come out, John? Was it 1998? 19, or... I think 96, I think. 96. Might be wrong, maybe 95, maybe, but I think it was 96. But yeah, I remember loving it. I need to uh, watch it again. Uh, yeah, great I, I theme song, enjoyed it. Oh, John, I, I really did. Like, I, I, I think I remember seeing it in passing when I was younger, but I, I don't think I've properly seen it. This is the first time I've properly seen it, and it, really good, really good. It's got a great oh. uh, soundtrack by Hans Zimmer. Hans Zimmer, because you know what. I always think when when I think think of a film like this, I always go straight to what's his name, Dale and I. Uh, Metal Gear Solid um, bloke. What the director kind of thing? No, sorry, the um, the, the music. It's um, oh, Greg Greg Gregson Williams, whatever you call it. Harry Gregson Williams. That's it. I, I think I, I he might be involved with this. I really? think it was him and Hans Zimmer. I think. Right. Well, that that makes sense then, because there's not very many or, or like, you know orchestral, you know scores that I can sort of put my finger on but if, if it's a Harry Gregson Williams film you can just tell if, you, if you've ever played a Metal Gear Solid game you'll just go you'll, you'll understand the thing is he's a like a student of Hans Zimmer he's one of the guys that he brought through basically and right, he also a year later after this the uh, collaborated on The Rock as well that was Hans Zimmer and Gregson Williams and, wow. and the, the music for The Rock is like really similar like really good as well yeah. Yeah. But I'll put a I'll just put up a clip of the uh, Crimson Tide theme. I think it's called like Rolling Tide or something. Mm. I'll put it in here. Beep. Yeah, so that was Crimson Tide. Yeah, I, it, it's, I imagine it would have sounded like Harry Gregson Williams. I wish I could remember how the theme goes. I've got the rock theme in my head now, and I can't think of what, how, how it goes. But the rock, I'm sure, I think in the previous podcast, we've actually spoke about the rock, and Harry Gregson Williams was actually, was he credited as as the, the composer for that film? I don't know, because Hans Zimmer is so dodgy, like... There's been like allegations of him getting like people to do work for him and stuff like that. He basically has a stable of composers who like work for him. Yeah. And sometimes a film will be credited to Hans Zimmer when it's actually somebody else who did it, kind of thing. Right. Do you know what I mean? But then again, like, it's the same with all Hollywood sort of composers, isn't it? What what's uh what's the main guy? John Williams. He he robbed all this stuff from uh from the planets and stuff like that, didn't he? Do you know, um yeah, yeah, I'm sure the Jaws theme is ripped off from like uh, Tchaikovsky or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's, he's a charlatan, really, but a, he's a good charlatan, that's fair enough. Yeah. But yeah, uh, what, what are you rating, Crimson Tide? 
I'm going to go as far as to say four out of five. Yeah, it, I, the only thing I hated it. about it was the ending. But other than other than the little bit of sort of the niggly bits that I've got with it, yeah, four out of five. Yeah, like there's one bit in it as well that I loved because, like, uh, when I was a kid, I had a, a Jack, I had a Jack Russell dog, and uh, Gene Hackman's got a Jack Russell in the film. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. There's one bit when they're like, uh, "Why have you got that the yappy little Jack Russell?" And it's like, "Smartest dogs in the world, Jack Russells." And I was like, "Yep, he's right." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, not technically true, but still interesting part of the story. No, fact, I think, fact. True. <laughs> I think, I think aren't Border Collies the most intelligent uh, dogs in the world? I think no. Japanese Akitas are uh, um, accredited to that. No, uh, I think any of the ancient dogs... Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll uh, jump in if that's okay with a quick film. Okay. Well, two actually. Uh, I watched both Speed One and Two in the last week. The boss uh, that couldn't slow down. Yeah. <laughs> bit of a. Uh, I plan to watch Twister as well because it's the same director, but I didn't get around really? to it. Uh, watch your favourite Helen Hunt film, Twister. Yandy <laughs> 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 uh, Bond was like. Made famous by like he did a lot. He did loads of action films like the cinematographer, like Die Hard and stuff. And on the back of that, a bit of an interesting story actually. He was meant to do Godzilla in like '94. He pitched to do a Godzilla film, but the it got really far into development. But in the in the end, Sony didn't want to give like 120 million to, to a first time director kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So they went to a, the Independence Day guys instead, and Yandy Bond ended up doing Speed because of that. But speed one, like I was watch, gonna, I was gonna watch this thinking like, oh, this sort of aged well. It'll be like a crap nineteen ninety five action film. But yeah. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was still fantastic. Uh, it's the kind of film where it's all just about the action, basically. Like Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock, they're basically just playing themselves in this film. There's no characterization whatsoever. That's what on. you like, want, though, isn't it? Because I love Sandra Bullock and I love oh. exactly. They're just likable, you know what I mean? They're likable yeah. characters. But like. Just the action, like films don't do this anymore. The entire film is just action, and like the film just moves from one set piece to another, where you won't get to your seat. Even though you, you, I've seen the film a million times already, but yeah. you're still thinking, like, God, how does he resolve this? I can't remember. <laughs> like, I can't believe this bus isn't going to slow down. But even like on that, though, the film opens. I don't know if you remember it at all, but it opens with a an elevator being blown up in a in a in a part in a a business office block kind of thing and that's a good like 30 minutes of like trying to save this elevator and stuff and it just moves constantly from there to the, the very next morning Dennis Hopper's put a bomb on the bus and blows a bus up kind of thing yeah. and then Keanu has to like chase another bus down and he has to get on the bus while it's moving you know and then he has to like go under the bus to check the fuel and stuff and it's just there's so many different elements to the action and stuff it's a uh, really good really enjoyed it really good watch uh but on the back of that, I went straight into Speed 2, which isn't That's as good. That's a boat, isn't it? The boat that couldn't slow down, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and they, they just try and do the same stuff in Speed 2. They try and, like, create all these little scenarios where he's got to... Well, it's, it's not even Keanu Reeves in part two. It's Jason Patrick. And he's got to, like, move from, like, one set piece to another to keep the boat going kind of thing. And it's just, it just does not work at all. It's a real drag part two. And, uh, like, Willem Dafoe was the bad guy in part two, but it's not... 
not one of his best films at all. He's proper hamming it up in part two. I mean, uh, Willem Dafoe is hit and miss at the best times, isn't he? I really like Willem Dafoe normally, but in this one, he's just really naff. <laughs> but uh, I wanted to mention, though, Nick, you'll be interested. Uh, Lucy from Twin Peaks is in it. She's like the compare on the cruise ship. Oh, is she really? Yeah, but she even talks like Lucy from Twin Peaks. It's really weird. <laughs> yeah. Got a really weird voice and stuff. I bet, I bet so I that's like what Yandy... she just sounds like, doesn't she? I don't know. I, I feel like Yandy Bond might just have liked Twin Peaks. It was like, look, I'm going to cast her in this film. But you have to do that daft voice that you do in Twin <laughs> Peaks. <laughs> oh, yeah, maybe, yeah. But that was the highlight of the film, to be honest. Uh, oh, that's good. It's a real stinker, Speed 2. Uh, speed 1, I'll give like 4.5 out of 5. Absolutely loved it. Speed 2. I'll give it a two, but that's being generous to be honest. Two out of five. Mm, okay. Not, wow. Wasn't a good memory to be honest, going back to that one. <laughs> I'm not sure whether the last time on the podcast I spoke about Soul, the Pixar film. I think we did mention that, yeah. Yeah, you did, yeah. Yeah. That was that was decent. But I watched another musically related Pixar film called Coco. Yeah, I've seen Coco. I absolutely hated that though. Absolutely yeah. hated it. <laughs> is, is that is that just because it's about Mexicans? Are you racist, James? I, 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 I'm <laughs> a trumper. What can I say? <laughs> Gina Carano is like I've got a poster of Gina Carano on my wall and everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, no, uh, no, not whatsoever. Absolutely opposite. But no, I thought uh, Coco was diabolically shit. Fair, um, I mean that that's that's quite a uh, quite a review of it. Um, yeah. I feel bad. I mean, I wish I could represent the, the Mexican people, the population, with that, but that was just. Really I, 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 I don't. I don't think there's a single Pixar film that I've ever said is shit. Now, there's some that I'm just like, yeah, it, it weren't the best, but but I enjoyed it for what it was, and I feel like that was the same with that one for me. I literally checked. I, I looked on. IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes, and it was highly rated. So I don't know whether some one of my brain stems it just does not working anymore or something, or whether or not <laughs> it was a piece of shit. I mean, uh, but I mean, I, I, everyone's tastes are different, aren't they? So I don't, I don't. So what I decided it... to do, Nick, I decided to um, watch another film that I know is sort of a similar sort of thing. It's an animated film again. And this is about music in a way as well. It's called Kubo and the Two Strings. Have you ever seen that one? I've not, you know, oh. but I've heard of it. Yeah, I've know? got it on Blu-ray. I've got it on Blu-ray up here. I've never watched it. John, literally, it's amazing. It's a stop motion. It's it's the same as you're like, you know, uh, Wallace and Gromit or something like that. It's yeah. physical claymation. And Matthew McConaughey is, is the main character in it. Um... It's actually amazing, and literally, it's ten times better than Coco. And I'd seen Kubo and the Two Strings when it first came out, which was about 2016, 17, or something like that. It was a couple of years. It's not, it's not old, but it's a couple of years old, and it's literally mind blowing. And it's not only mind blowing the fact that it's a great film; it's mind blowing to think about the amount of time that was spent, you know, yeah, very yeah. slowly yeah. and carefully animating these characters similar to the way that Wes Anderson did you know Isle of Dogs or yeah. um, you know, Fantastic Mr Fox or something like that I absolutely yeah. adored both of those films I think they're two of Wes Anderson's best films 
even though you know, they got real people in them. Can I just clarify? So you're saying Coco's a no-go, but do go <laughs> do go Kubo. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's, that's a pretty, well, pretty good way of putting it, John, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but no disrespect that... to Pixar. I mean, Pixar are like one of the best... Uh, um, animation uh, companies going like uh, they are, yes. but I think when it comes to like they, they, they've hit they've hit them out sometimes, but just for me personally, I don't know. Maybe you'll like Coco, maybe you will. Maybe it's because um, you're not. Mexican. Maybe you like Cars too or something as well. I don't, I don't be know. fair, <laughs> I know I know John likes Cars one, but um, I've, I've uh, well, I said like he's, he's he's watched it and enjoyed it with his nephews. I think. Um, I was going to yeah. say, like, uh, <laughs> my, my nephew loved the Cars films. Nothing wrong with Cars, really. They're, they're the only Pixar films that I couldn't get into because they are very much yeah, younger. I can't younger suspend my disbelief because the Cars, I mean, yeah, I understand what you mean. Yeah, there was something wrong with them, wasn't there? But the mm. first Cars film is okay, I think. Like, uh, that's the thing. Like, I don't really like any cartoons or anything, but. There was something to it, like it, like my nephew loved uh, Monsters versus Aliens as well. Watched that loads. Right. That's DreamWorks, is it, that one? DreamWorks, yeah. So like, it's, it's one of them where, like, even though I hate it, I can appreciate that they do work. Yeah. You did enjoy Fingy, though, didn't you, John? Um, the Red Turtle or whatever it's called. Yeah. That was a yeah, good... that's a real, that's a real, that's a real film. That one though, I do uh, like that. That was actually a fantastic <laughs> film. That was Studio Ghibli. You've yeah, spoken about this one before, yeah. The Curse of the Red Turtle or something, is it? Oh. No, it's just called the Red Turtle. I think. Yeah. Um, is, it, is it the most you most modern Studio Ghibli one? It is indeed. No, it's about four years ago, I think. But, but it is the most love, recent. You love it, Jimbo. I think I will. Yeah, yeah. Have you watched it, Nick? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So is Studio Ghibli owned by Disney now? No, no, it's not, is it? No, I don't think so. I just know that whenever you watch um, any of the modern ones that have got, you know, like uh, English voice actors, they usually have, it always says Disney at the beginning. I mean, this one doesn't have an English voiceover because there's no voices in it. Yeah, no dialogue. (laughs) I see. Honestly, some of the ones so I think it was Howl's Moving Castle that's uh, with um, the old Batman. What's the guy called? Christian oh, Bale. Oh, sorry. Christian Bale plays Howl from Howl, Howl's Moving Castle. And that says Disney at the beginning of it when you put that film on. So is I don't know whether or not they, they, they owned Studio Ghibli or whether they just had the distribution rights. I think that might yeah, be what it is. I d- yeah, I don't think it does say it at the beginning of it. Um, I've watched it and I don't think it does say Disney. It would be on Disney Plus, I feel like, at the moment. That's yeah. what that's what I'm that's what I'm confused about because I'm hundred percent sure that I've watched a Studio Ghibli film that said Disney at the beginning, but I'm a hundred also percent sure that yeah, it, it's not. Maybe it's distribution rights or something, maybe. or maybe it's like Disney owned the, the audio to the English words a bit or something. Disney has definitely got something to do with Studio Ghibli. Oh. I don't know that. Okay. What are you, what are you rating? Coco and Kubo? Coco? Uh, probably like zero out of five. Kubo and the two strings, literally like five out of five. 
stops. Hundred percent right. amazing. If if you if you're interested in stop motion films, um, Matthew McConaughey is absolutely fantastic in it. He's funny. He's hilarious. He's the he's not the main character in it, but you'll feel like he is. He'll guide yeah. you on the journey. Cube on the Two Strings, one of the best stop motion films ever made, in my opinion. I'll try and check it out for the next podcast. I said I've got it up there on Blu-ray somewhere, but yeah, I can't wait for you to see it. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. I'll definitely try and get on that. Uh, I'll just jump on a film if that's okay. <clears throat> I watched uh, a film called Clue from 1985. Have you guys heard about this at all, or know anything about it? I feel like it rings a bell, but I don't think I've ever I've heard about it. The reason why it might ring a bell is that. In this country, we know it better as Cluedo. Uh, oh, the game Cluedo. You know, the board game Cluedo. Yeah. They made a film of it in 1985, but in America it's just called Clue. And it's, so the film's just called Clue. Okay. But it's a, it's a movie of the board game Cluedo. I just find it funny that like nowadays, whenever you hear people like, it's been a bit of a running thing that like Ridley Scott's been trying to make a Monopoly film for like 10 years or whatever. Really? You know, people like, yeah, Why? people like... Well, I don't know, but people are like, you know what? God, we're running out of ideas. We're trying to make films about board games now, for God's sake. It's like, well, it's like, well they did one 35 years ago. You know what I mean? So <laughs> we've already done that. But like, uh, you know what, though? It's actually, I really enjoyed it. It's a, it's a pretty good film. Uh, got really interesting. It's like it's got a, a good premise to it that people have, have been invited to this like uh, big, big mansion for this dinner party but they don't really know why they've been invited there. And when they turn up at the door, Tim Curry is the, uh, the butler, Wadsworth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like Tim Curry's class in it. Apparently it's one of his favourite films that he did. Like he yeah. thinks it's one of his best performances. Like, uh, Yeah, it's great, Tim Curry. He's from uh, Grappinall, isn't he? He's well, Tim Curry. He's, he's local, isn't he? Yeah, Warrensonian, yeah. Pete uh, Boss's late, also local. Yeah, two amazing talents. Yeah. Uh, and when they turn up to the door, Tim Curry's like, right, for tonight, you'll be Professor Plum. And then, like, somebody else turning up. He's like, right, you're Colonel Mustard. So, you know, the playing parts within the film kind of thing, because some maniacs put this whole thing together. And then during the course of the night, people are getting killed off kind of thing. But uh, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun kind of thing. It's a bit goofy, but, like, that's part of the charm of it kind of thing. Yeah. But it's worth mentioning because the gimmick of the film when it first launched in '85. The film had three endings, and it was potluck as to which one you would see at the theatre, kind of thing. All right. So, like, three different endings with different killers and stuff that all made sense from what from the film you just watched. Yeah. So, like, uh, they might send they might send a pair to Warrington, like one one ending, and you'll watch it and enjoy it, and then you think, oh, I want to see a different one. So you might you could then go to Manchester and watch it in a different theatre, and chances are you'll get a different ending, kind of thing. So, so which one did you watch it recently? Well, this is the thing. It's on Amazon Prime, and like all three endings just play out one after the other. Oh, is it there? Yeah, so you see all of them, kind of thing. I wish I had it done that. To be honest, I'd have just got one of them, and that'd yeah. have been my ending there. You know what I mean? Because when you see the other two endings, it's like, like oh, it could be fucking anyone. They could it because like there's, there's good arguments for anyone to be the killer, kind of thing. You know what yeah, I mean? So yeah. I'd rather just see one of them, really. But it's definitely an interesting concept. I found it uh, really interesting. But it's worth mentioning. Uh, there's an actress in it who plays Yvette called Colleen Camp. And like, if I could, if I could like, a bit like weird science, if I, could, if I could like make my ideal woman, it would be Colin Camp in this film. It's like, Jesus Christ, like, she's amazing. <laughs> but like, 
I think I just like the 1980s, like the look of women in the 1980s, just amazing. But honestly, like we're on Google, Colleen Camping Clue, and you'll, you'll see why I like it. Uh, it turns out, though, though, she's been in like every film I've ever seen as well after this, I didn't even realise. She was in like Police Academy and stuff, and she was in Died with a Vengeance, so she's like, I don't even Maybe realize. she's like, uh, you know, sort of melted within your you know, psyche as, as you've watched films with her in. I could have like some weird nostalgia for this without even realizing it. I've got nostalgia, for, yeah, nostalgia for Colin Camp without even realizing it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, really enjoyed it. Molly, I'll give it like Molly a... Ringwald for me though. Molly Ringwald, oh, for really? Me. Yeah. Breakfast Club. Breakfast Club, fantastic film. Love that she was in a uh, Sixteen Candles, wasn't she? Molly Ringwald. She was. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll, I'll give it a heavy three point five. Really enjoyed it. I wouldn't mind going back to it again in the year or two kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's on Amazon Prime, so uh, if you're interested, check it out. I am actually interested in that. Yeah, yeah we'll watch that. Yep. So who else has uh, got something? Last, I don't know if you've seen one, Nick, but last last one I've seen was uh, Togo, a film called Togo. Are you only watching films that sound like Coco now? Coco, Kubo, and Togo. I'm getting sick of it. Literally, all of the films on my list have got like four letters in them, like Soul, Togo, and Coco. <laughs> Togo is basically it was on Disney Plus, and it was um, Willem Dafoe, and he's like some sort of musher from um, I don't know, like Alaska or something like that. Uh, it's about this cute dog that does some shit and it's, I mean, it makes you feel sad at the end because the dog is like getting old and stuff. Yeah, that, that, that was pretty bad. It's worth watching watch Togo. I mean, it's actually wasn't, it wasn't terrible. It wasn't terrible, but I think uh, it was help. It helped the fact that it was set in a time. I think it was set in like 1920 or something like that or 1925 or something like that. Right. It was set like nearly a hundred years ago and it kind of like the characters weren't too outstated. They weren't, fucking about so it was like okay you can watch them not too bad worth a watch very good very good nick have you got anything or do you want to jump onto my uh my last film uh i can go if you want i've i've, I've only got one movie i want to talk about have you got a cute dog in it though nick uh there is actually a cute dog in it yeah okay carry on then <laughs> um um pacific rim yeah the uh Guillermo Del Toro classic. Yeah, that's yeah. all I'm getting from that. Um, a what? Idris Elba. I, I remember. I remember liking Idris Elba when yeah, he was it's, in it's, that it's, film. Yeah, yeah. It's got it's Idris Elba, Charlie Hunnam, Charlie Day's in it, um, that British guy, that that British guy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I actually know who you mean. He was at EastEnders. <laughs> he, he was in EastEnders. Yeah, yeah. That guy. <laughs> Sean um, something is called. Yeah, Sean something. Yeah. That's his full name, Sean something. A ginger English guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, is he gin? Is he Yeah. I, I actually watched. Well, actually, you know what? He might actually be Australian. I think. Oh really? I might be wrong on that, but he was definitely in EastEnders and all that much. <laughs> but yeah, it's Pacific Rim. Uh, I, I remember watching it ages ago and just thinking this is just a fucking fun um, film um, with like. Yeah. Just like it's what you want from a, a um, sorry, an action film. It's just giant robots fighting giant monsters, um, and and it's got Idris Elba in it. That's all you need in a film, really. That's literally all you need, isn't it? 
it's almost like it's almost its own genre. It's like a kaiju film, really, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. It's more like uh, in the Godzilla uh, realm than anything. What does kaiju mean, actually, John? I think it's just monster in it in Japanese or something. Giant, Giant monster. monster. <laughs> Could someone like Google that? I can't, I can't Google it. Or, or someone like that. Or, or King Kong, would he be considered? Yeah, will be now. They're making it as a versus one, aren't they, soon? But, yeah. but John, watching this film reminded me of a few years back in work, in GB when we worked there, um, of someone else thinking it was the worst film they'd ever seen. And me and you, we, we were just... Oh, really? like, me and you were just arguing our point about how it's not it's actually a class film who was it who didn't like it it was cassie and she 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 claimed it was like the worst film she'd ever seen but we we but but we had we had great fun explaining how it was not the worst film ever. <laughs> <laughs> as, 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 a little jackson uh godzilla film what King Oh, the one with uh, um, that's the one that uh, Jack Skull Black Island. Was. Yeah, right. he's done, not he's that. Oh, you're talking about the Peter Brian Jack. Cranston that's Godzilla. No, I'm talking about Pacific Rim. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, it reminded me of that little uh, conversation we had. Oh, really? I don't remember that. Um, yeah, I love Pacific Rim though. I think it's yeah, one of the I best. Yeah, I do. I, I watched. Uh... I'm not gonna say I love Cassie. Then she was she was so lovely. <laughs> I, 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 I watched uh, the the sequel probably like it must have been like last year or something. And it's just it's terrible, isn't it? Have you seen it? Yeah, yeah. I'm not a fan of part two. No, it's terrible. Just, just a bland, flavorless sequel kind of thing. It really was. Yeah, yeah. This one, I'd give I'd give a good solid like four out of five or something for his. A fun film. Yeah. I need to get that on 4K or something if they bring out 4K Blu ray. John, you've already that. established that you've got loads of 4K Blu rays up there that you've not even watched. I know, but I need more not to watch. I need. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that film, though. Okay, we've got one last there. Uh, well, one last series to talk about. I feel really bad on Jimbo here because Jimbo's been pushing to talk about this for like about a year now. And uh, no, I'm, just gonna <laughs> it now. I'm just gonna mention it now instead. So, apologies, Jim. <laughs> but I watched the Hobbit trilogy over the last couple of weeks. Watched all three. Orig- originally, I was a bit down on the Hobbit when it came out, and I just think it's a bit of a curse of the prequels thing. A bit like Star Wars, it can never live up to. Just due to the fact they're prequels, they can't live up to the to what you. I mean, already experienced. I mean, no, no, that's that's. John, that's completely not true. The reason why the the Hobbit trilogy failed as much as the you know original trilogy failed is because they use shit special effects and cut corners. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, no, James is completely right there. Like, like <laughs> the, the the first one, they used like practical effects with the the uh, yeah. trilogy, and they decided because um, technology got there that they'd not that they'd use a you know. A lot like, more CGI. A lot more CGI in this, and it's just yeah. it, it, it's apparent. I'm I'm sure the beards are animated. It's an apparent, story. and it's abhorrent as well. Do, do, you, know that, <laughs> do you know that the uh, the the dwarf beards? I'm sure they're fucking animated, and, and it's. Are you kidding me? What it is? One of them is. It's uh, 
but that's because Billy Connolly was too ill to be on set to film this part. So they okay, CGI, yeah, the CGI Billy Connolly into the film. I mean, I'm not polite. Billy Connolly is a national treasure, and I know he's not from my country, but he's from the United Kingdom, apparently. He's, he's a national treasure, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, definitely, yeah. yeah. But, um, like, with talking of the special effects, um, John, you just watched the third one. Um, there was an absolutely god-awful um, scene in the third movie with Legolas fucking running over falling bricks or some shit. Yeah. Um, uh, and it just looked terrible. In fact, most of the scenes with Legolas looked terrible, uh, where he's, like, running across barrels and shit. It just doesn't look good at all. Oh, you know what though? I don't know. It might be a bit of a 4K bump or something. This, but I thought it looked amazing. This these films, like I don't know if they've like maybe touched some stuff up or something. It's but... a frames per second, John. It's like 60 FPS instead of like the traditional 24. Maybe they made it up to 30 and like doubled it up to 60. I don't know what it is, but it's, when they're floating around in barrels and stuff, like it's like being filmed on like a GoPro. It's like what? Yeah, it actually was a GoPro camera. But I don't know why that didn't that that really stood out to me at first when I first watched it, the GoPro stuff. But this one, it didn't seem that bad. I don't know why. It might just yeah. be a bit of four K four K blindness or something. But nothing wrong with using a GoPro if you need to. But I mean, if you're trying to, a GoPro has a certain look. I've done it. It does look like it has a certain look. It has a YouTube. Yeah, look I know what you mean. Yeah. 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 I just feel like. Even that bit that Nick mentioned, the Legolas bit when he jumps up bricks in the air in the third film, it didn't feel as bad in this one. Yeah. It looked okay, but it came to what I thought, oh, God, is that awful bit. And I was like, oh, no, that was actually not too bad, to be honest. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I, I just love the whole the whole trilogy. Uh, the first one, enjoyed the entire journey from start to finish. Thought the, the music was great. I loved all the, the dwarves and stuff this time around. Uh and the bit with Gollum at the end of Hobbit, like that, that is worthy of being in like a Lord of the Rings film. That whole Gollum section, uh, really enjoyed it. The issues with it for me started in part two. Like, uh, like Nick mentioned, that bit where Legolas is jumping on like barrels and stuff. I absolutely loved that whole scene this time round, where they're riding the barrels down. Uh, what's it called? I can't even think what it's called. Riding the barrels down, uh, it's, it's, the, it's, isn't it like the uh, woodland elves where they live? Down. The wood elves, town. yes, that's it. And uh, on the way down, Bomber, who's like the fat dwarf, is stuck in like a barrel. And he there's a whole actress scene where he like gets bounced off the side of the river, he's taking out like orcs and goblins all the way down for ages, which is class. <laughs> Really enjoyed that bit. Then, like straight from that bit afterwards, uh, like last starts jumping on the heads of everyone to like shoot all the orcs. Yeah, just love that whole action scene. But the issues start after that where they get to Lake Town for me. Yeah, because like Lake Town is right next to uh, Erebor where they're heading to. Yeah, yeah. And like, it, it would be like in Lord of the Rings if they got to Mordor halfway through the Twin Towers, and like Aragorn was at Mordor's gates. It's like, well, what, what do you do for the next next film and a half? You know what I mean? It's like they're virtually at the mountain halfway through part two. And it's like, well, where do you, what do you do from here? And it just feels like they're just dragged out the rest of the the rest of the series kind of thing because they're funny around in late time for about an hour doing nothing. Well, I believe, then they get to uh, 
I believe Peter Jackson did actually pitch a two movie for, um, like thing f- for this movie, didn't he? But the, the studio were like, nah, we want a bit extra money than that. <laughs> yeah, basically. This, I mean, they, they made a fortune from the, the, these films, all made like nearly a billion dollars each, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. I mean, an absolute fortune for them. But uh, yeah, I just felt like they were stuck in Lake Town for an hour doing nothing. Then they get to the mountain. The bit with Smaug, that is amazing. Uh, like the, the effects on Smaug and stuff is just, even though it's eight years old now, mind. Thing is incredible as Smaug, um, um, Benedict Cumberbatch, wasn't he? Cumberbatch, yeah. He was like, what year, what year did these films come out in? 2012, 13, 14, was it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, 12, 13, that's 14. Right, yeah. yeah. And uh, there was just a bit where where Smaug first gets revealed, like the scale of Smaug kind of thing. Like Bilbo's a tiny little speck in the middle of the screen, and the two dragons kind of like. Uh, sorry, the two, the two halves of the dragon emerge from the, the gold behind him kind of thing. And it's like, yeah, that is absolutely class, like the effects on that and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I loved that, that, I loved that smile bit. But then it goes on for an hour where the dwarves are like trying to like run around Erebor, trying to like forge gold to kill Smaug and stuff. And it just doesn't go anywhere. Like Smaug just ends up flying off to go and kill Lake Town. And it's just like, they just clearly dragged that out for like, an hour and a half of just nothing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the whole thing was a big journey, and it got to it got to Lake Town, and just after that, and then the third film, again when Smaug gets killed at the start, that, that's all amazing, great action scene. But then after that, it's just people just just walking around for like an hour before the battle starts and stuff, and just choosing sides and stuff like that. It confuses me about this is like, isn't Peter Jackson like practical effects is what Peter Jackson is? You know. Like he, he, he's where he cut his teeth on them, isn't he? So what, what, what's yeah. he using some CGI for, the Stone Age? I imagine now it's just cheaper than that, I suppose. Cheaper than making everything. Sorry, this is complete segue, completely wrong. I actually I forgot, I watched the original The Thing as well, which had <laughs> renowned for its practical effects, isn't it? Yeah. So what's the original? Sorry, the the, the, the other it's 2011 that the, the next one come out in. What the, the the prequel thing? Yeah. Yeah, 2011. Yeah. I've not seen that, but I mean, is it worth a watch? And apparently, it's I, I, what I was thinking when I, when I knew about this other sequel. Like, what would happen with this like Norwegian? Is it are they Norwegian or something like that? They're like a, a Nordic uh, group that are in the, the North Pole or something like that. And they were yeah, trying to shoot right. the dog at the beginning and stuff like that. So it's it's yeah. their story, isn't it? Yeah, it basically ends with that dog being chased down by the helicopter. Oh, that sounds pretty interesting to me. Is it worth it's, a watch then? Or? Yeah, it's, I think it's pretty good. That that uh, remake prequel kind of thing. Okay. Uh, so, so it was okay, but I mean, obviously nowhere near as good as the first one. But no, definitely worth a watch though. It's CGI though, or there is a lot of CGI in there. Yeah. Yeah, but it's definitely worth a watch. It completely defeats the object, though, doesn't it? But give give it a watch and see what you think. I, I enjoyed it, but like I said, that first one was so good. You, you can't match up to that kind of thing. No. But like uh, the, the one last bit in the Battle of the Five Armies that I forgot about. I totally forgot. Like, I find it quite quite sad because like the entire bloodline of the Open Shield thing gets killed in that film. 
like the whole point of the Battle of the Five Armies was to like, well, the whole point of the, the whole thing was for Thorin to like become king and stuff. But Thorin dies, and his two nephews are uh, Killian Philly, whatever they're called. <laughs> both get, oh, both yeah. get killed as well. They do, don't they? Yeah, so it's just like, I don't know, gives it a bit of like uh, weight or gravitas at the end. It's like, God, they've gone all that way. And the people who were the bloodline of the king have all died, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, really enjoy. Like I said, just uh, it's one of them where it's been the same with the Star Wars prequels for me. Like, I, I, I quite like them now, the Star Wars prequels. Uh, just that initial reaction of like revulsion when they come out, like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Well, I, I think episode seven is uh, episode seven was okay, and I think that uh, Rogue One was good as well. But other than that, other than the Mandalorian, I don't think anything Disney Star Wars has done hasn't been any good, really. Oh no, sorry, I'm on about like the uh, the prequels with the Phantom Menace. Oh, episode one. <laughs> right, sorry, fucking hell. Yeah, mate, but... in, in, in that same vein, then exactly the same. The first one, episode one, was okay. You know. We, we, Attack of the Clones, whatever that was, diabolical. <laughs> uh, and then the third one, that was a little bit better than Attack of the Clones, I think, but still bad. It's just that thing, like when they came out, like I was like, "What the fuck is this?" But like twenty years later, with time, I'm like, "Yeah, I actually, quite like them now." I've actually got nostalgia for the prequels now, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I feel the same way now about the Hobbit. I was like, "Yeah, really enjoyed it." And in terms of ratings, I'll give like the Hobbit one four point five. And two and three, I'll give them both a four. Fair enough. Yeah. Nice. That's actually worth mentioning. When I watched part two, and I thought, right, I'll, I'll jump on Letterboxd and rate it. I thought, this is well better than when I last watched it. But I gave it a four the last time as well. So I was like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Matched up, did it? Yeah. Give it a four again. Nice. Very good. Yeah. But yeah, well, other than that, I think I'm all done, guys. How about you? No, I think that's it. I've not watched anything else. Um, I, might, I might mention some uh, YouTube thing I've been watching. Purely because, purely because I sh- probably should have like um, mentioned it whilst whilst I was talking about Pacific Rim because it kind of connects up in a way. Um, basically, I've been watching this series called the VFX Artist React. Do you know like the reaction videos? Yeah. Um, but, but it's... Yeah. Uh, visual effects artists react to visual effects in movies and it's it's interesting because they'll actually explain like how that particular effect was done and stuff like that and um the reason i should have connected it to um pacific rim is because do you know the they did basically did pacific rim i can't remember everything they were talking about but i remember this one bit do you know in pacific rim where one of the um Oh, you want about the uh, the little desk desk toy thing, aren't you? With the yeah. uh, the balls. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that 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 was uh, that was practical effects. That that was actually done. That that was actually a real thing, like that. That was a real thing, and like I think the only thing in the entire scene that wasn't um, that was sorry um, visual effects was the, uh, the 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 little desk ornaments. Kind of, uh, I can't think what that's called now. It's got a name for it. I can't think of it. But yeah, it's those little metal balls where they kind of attach. Yeah. Um, that's the only thing in the entire scene that was actually like not practical. So they actually had, they, they might have made like a 
very tiny version of it. I'm not sure. They probably did, but um, but the, the the metal hand coming in was actually like actually done, like actually physically physically put through the wall and and went through the office. That's class. Practical yeah, effects on the way, I think. But but like it's dead interesting watching it because like they, they'll. Like maybe something I've watched and gone, that's awful. Like for example, um, they did the Hulk movies. They did the one from was it ninety eight, um, and the two thousand three. Was it two thousand three? Eric Banner one. Yeah, yeah. and then they they also did the Incredible Hulk, which was the Universal one from what two thousand eight. Eight was it? Yeah. Um, Yeah. Um, and and they were talking about the Eric Banner one, and I've always thought he looks terrible. He looks far too green. But they were explaining how like um, that that was obviously like a artist choice. It was like an artistic decision to do that. But yeah. um, but like all they needed to do was kind of just up like the fucking gamma ever so slightly, and it would look ten times better. But they decided not to do that. No <laughs> I love the Hulk from 2003. I know everyone hates it, but I think it's class. And like, even the effects, I think have aged really well. I, I love, I love the look of that film when he's chucking tanks around and stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's the main, that's the main thing I remember. He's, he grabs a tank by its barrel, doesn't he, and swings it round or something like that. Yeah, like a hammer. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so, yeah. I mean, Hulk is the least interesting Marvel character, surely. Yeah, yeah. Apart from Captain America, that's pretty yeah. fucking boring. But, um, I don't know. I think Hulk might be the most interesting character. He's like a monster, isn't he? Well, yeah, he is. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, there's more. Like Captain America, he's just like a, you know, bloke. Just, just a good, good do gooder. You know, can't really yeah, do gooder. Nineteen fifties American sort of like anti-communist sort of fella, like. Yeah, like Hulk's like a Greek tragedy or something, you know what I mean? Like it's like a, mm-hmm. an intelligent bloke stuck in a monster's body kind of thing. Yeah. Love the Hulk. But yeah, I would I would recommend giving this VFX artist React a go. It's actually uh that interesting, yeah. It's actually quite interesting. Um and maybe um the last time I mentioned the YouTube series I was watching, we actually did an episode of it. So who knows if we'll do a React video next. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, because what what was it I mentioned last time the bloody hot wings thing and we did that didn't we? so yeah yeah maybe maybe that was it yeah maybe we'll end up bloody doing a bloody react video I don't know what we would react to because we've got it's not like it's not like we've actually got like um like a skill to <laughs> no do, do, do you know what I mean like this, this is, is true. This is like a VFX artist reacting. We've not got anything to add. It's just like, yeah, I like that movie. It's good. One. I suppose. I suppose that's what we're doing now. I suppose. That's our, literally our, all we're doing now. Yeah. Our podcast <laughs> literally is just a, a reaction to a react podcast. Yeah. Yeah, you guys all done yet? Yeah, yeah. Jimbo, you got the telescope? No, I think that's about it. Well, we'll wrap it up then. Uh, Cheers for listening again, guys. We'll be back in a week's time uh, with another WandaVision episode. So stay tuned for that. Oh, yeah. I'm excited to see what happens next. Hello. Pew, pew. Fantastic. Cheers, bye. Thank you, bye. Cheers. I hope you enjoyed the show. 
You can email with any feedback or complaints at don'tspoiltheending at gmail.com or you can tweet us at DSTE Podcast. Thanks for watching. Mm-hmm.